0: All right, let's uh, have a look at our Bible. We're going to open in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17. Luke 17. We're going to start reading in verse uh, 22. It's interesting we just have the chorus soon and soon. And very soon we're going to see the King. And of course the way the world is soon and very soon is probably not that far away. I want to talk a little bit about the second coming of the Lord today, but more on the aspect of us being ready for the second coming. Uh, we do live in a terrible time in the sense of the world state uh, politically, I mean uh, the latest information on the, on the international scene is that President Putin has said quite categorically, if anyone attacks Russia, we will have no hesitate, uh, I- any hesitation in nuking them with nuclear bombs We 're not going to hold back if anyone attacks us so there 's all this uh, toing and froing going on between all the uh, superpowers they 're all trying to uh, um, you know show their muscles. Show their, their own ability to be able to perform in whatever circumstance they're in. And uh, it, it's just a, well, it's just such a sad thing. But of course, the Lord has already told us it's going to happen. Everything uh, as far as the word of God is on cue. We don't know the day or the hour as we know for those that might be new. But what, uh, even right back here in the beginning of Jesus' ministry before people were filled with the Spirit, he talked about his second coming, but not only his second coming, but of those that need to be ready for it, those to be sure that when the Lord does come back, that we're going to be part of that wonderful salvation. So we're just going to pick up a bit of the story here in verse 22, of Luke 7, chapter 17, and it says, And he said unto his disciples, this is Jesus, of course, that the days will come. When you shall desire to see the days of the Son of Man and you'll see it uh, not shall shall not see it. And they shall say unto you, see here or see there, and go not after them and nor follow them. He's talking about false teachers and people that are deceiving and are being deceived by what they're saying. But he, he makes it very clear that when he comes back it won't be a question of anything in secret it's a very open affair as far as god is concerned he says for as lightning uh, that shineth out of one part of uh, under heaven and shineth under the other part under heaven so shall the coming of the son of man be and of course uh, this event that's going to be taking place is like, uh, as we often try to describe, the heaven's going to be like a gigantic screen from one side of the heaven under the other. And whether we live in this part of the earth or completely the other side of the earth, uh, this particular day is going to be so relevant that every eye on the earth is going to witness who it is that's coming uh, through the clouds. How the Lord makes a screen like that, well, we don't know, but he knows how to do anything. It says, but first, he says, even though that the sign of the Son of Man is coming, um, he suffered, um, must he suffer many things and be directed, rejected of this generation. And then he talks about, as it was in the days of Noah, or as we know in the Old Testament, the word is Noah, so shall also be in the days of the Son of Man. And they did eat and they drank and they married wives And they were given in marriage until the day when Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. And then he used another illustration. He says, likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did uh, eat and they drank and they bought and they sold and they planted and they builded. But the same day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. It says, even thus... Shall it be in the day of the Son of Man, when the day of the Son of Man is revealed? In that day, he shall uh, be upon he that shall be on upon the rooftop, and his stuff in his house, whatever stuff is. But there's a lot of stuff around our house. Um, let him come down and take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. And of course, that's just a little statement there, but. You know, those of us that understand the story of Lot He was taken out of Sodom and Gomorrah A, a most dreadful place And he was told to go forward and not look back And he was this one, the wife of Lot That decided to turn back And as we know in the scripture she became a, a pillar of salt And so she looked back And the member, don't look back Once you've got your hand to the plough Is another scripture Aptly says when you've got your hand on the plough and you're ploughing a field the very worst thing you can do is look back because instead of being a straight line the line will go all over the place and so we're to remember that little illustration of Locke's wives and whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. And I tell you that that night there should be two men in one bed and one should be taken and the other should be left. Two women should be grinding together and one should be taken and the other left. Two men should be in the field, one should be taken and the other left. Actually, the word in each case, whether it's the word man or woman, it's not in the original manuscripts. It just means two shall be in bed or two shall be in the field. Uh, That The uh, translators put that in to make up a meaning. Some would want to try and make other stories out of these things. And it says, and they answered and they said unto him, where, Lord? And he said unto them, where are you going to take us? Where are we going on that day? And he said unto them, wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. And if we have a look at this story just a little bit more in a way of comments, it does say, uh, particularly in verse 25, that, before the event takes place, we must suffer many things. And uh, that we'll, we'll find that uh, in the world and with people, uh, there'll be disapproval. People will be uh, repudiated or spoken evil against and, and rejected. And he says, in that time and generation, that'll be the state of the world. And we're living in a world that disapproves us so much that's right, that speaks against it, and just totally rejects, particularly in these days of the concept of God and being a Christian and being able to and uh, have a different life. And, of course, they think there's something wrong with you. And that's why that we read just a moment ago, Jesus is saying to them, when you think about what's happening, as I'm talking about the things of the second coming, think back to the story of Noah they're eating and drinking and marrying and taking marriage right up to the day that God shut the door but God did shut the door think about Lot and how he went away from Sodom and Gomorrah and the story was that his wife looked back and turned into that pillar of salt and it's going to be no difference in the day it's bringing out when the day that Jesus Christ is revealed there'll be a lot of people that'll be looking back. They're not looking to what there is ahead of them because there is nothing ahead of them. And so remember these little illustrations the Bible is trying to tell us. The message is not to look back in our case to our old way of life. The way we were before we come to the Lord. As we've heard testified, not a very good life before we come to the Lord. But when we come to the Lord and receive the Holy Spirit, the Bible says we've got everything that pertains unto life, a life ahead, a future, and we've got God in our life, a life of godliness, being godlike. And so for that to happen, we're particularly not to look back to the old way of life. The natural things of life do go on, and we've got to do natural things in our life as we're saying. And, uh, you know, like they did then, there's eating and there's buying and there's selling and there's building and planting and going to work, going to school and all this manner of things. But the message is being ready for something that's ahead. Forget the things that are behind. You can't alter things that have happened behind, but you can have a bearing on what's going to be your life ahead of you in this natural life and in, in the life that is to come. Because we don't know when, but when Jesus comes, it's just going to be like the time that Lot walked out of the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. The moment he walked out of Sodom and Gomorrah, the hail and the brimstones fell. So we don't know when that's going to be. But what it's telling us is that when Jesus comes, they're going to be doing what they did in Noah's Day. They're going to be eating, they're going to be drinking, they're going to be marrying, they're taking in marriage as if nothing's happening. And then unexpectedly, down comes the hail of of the destruction And the elements melting with fervent heat And so they asked him Where Lord where, where are you going to take us to And he said As you read in the last verse there Wheresoever the body is The eagles will be gathered together <laughs> And it's interesting Because it ties in of course With the scriptures Right back in the book of uh, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31, we, we read about those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength and they're going to mount up like eagles. I just write down in the way that the Amplified Bible puts it and it says, but those that wait for the Lord who expect, look for and have hope in Him shall change and renew their strength and their power. They shall lift up their wings. And they mount up close to God As eagles mount up to the sun And they shall run and not be weary And they shall walk and not faint Nor become tired It's not a natural thing anymore When you rise up to meet the Lord in the air Everything changes We could read about it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 And that moment and that twinkling of an eye At the last trump and the trumpet will sound the dead will be raised incorruptible And those who are alive and remain They're going to draw up together To meet him in the air It's a very clear picture Painted in the, in the Bible That it belongs to us But the warning is Don't look back Don't look back You've got to look forward Very very clearly To what lies ahead of you And so we find we go on we'll read a little bit more just a couple of points we might make in the next chapter he went straight on in verse 1 of chapter 18 to talk about a parable that we use sometimes to talk about not giving up in prayer and it says he spake unto them this is Jesus to a parable to this end that men ought to pray and not to faint he went on to saying in the city there was a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in the, that city and she came to him saying, avenge me of mine adversary. She had some complaint against someone. But he would not for a while. He, he couldn't be bothered with her. She wasn't very important as far as he was concerned. But afterwards he said within himself, though I fear not God and I don't regard man so is... Pretty a heartless sort of a judge by the sound of it all. Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her lest her continual coming shall weary me. She's gonna keep it up, and you never know what she might resort to next. She might bring out a dagger or something on me. And so as far as he was concerned, the only way was to get her off his back by giving her what she wanted. And the Lord said, "Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge His own elect, which cry day and night unto Him, though He bear long with them? And so He's saying, what you want from God, it's there. The answer is promised. God's promised to meet your every need.' And it, and it says that He should, that crying to Him, the His own elect, the that cry to him day and night, though he bear along with them, and sometimes he's got to put up with our lack of faith and our lack of trust in our God, and and we're asking for things in a half-hearted manner, and so on. It says, but I'll tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, that when the Son of Man cometh, the question is, shall he find faith in the earth? Shall he find faith in the earth? And of course, the parable is to the effect that we should always pray and and not to uh, uh, to cower away from things, but always to have uh, our faith in God. Don't give up in any way at all. And of course, the woman wanted justice, and he was unselfish. He was heartless. He made she made him annoyed, and he gave her what was. The thing she wanted. And so, God says, to remember what I'm there for. I'm there to defend you. I'm there to protect you. I'm there to avenge any wrong that's done against you when you're crying to me when well, it doesn't matter if it's night or day. He'll defend and protect his elite, elect, I should say. However, when he comes, what he wants is faith. In other words not just do we believe in God And Jesus Christ But are we persistent In the faith Are we keeping on keeping on As the, the ad goes Are we persistent in our faith And that's what the question is all about It's not just being born again But are we enduring In our faith towards God I always remember A little story it wasn't a story It was a true story of a uh, a lady that came to the Lord many, many decades ago, as it happened, and she she saw the change in her family, and it was really great. She came to the meetings, but she held on to a lot of her worldly ways, and she wasn't gonna give them up, basically, she said, for anyone. And one night there, the family went out, and they left grandma to look after the children. And one of the the children, the youngest one, little daughter, was in bed, and she's she's talking in her sleep. And so she grandma said, Grandma, oh, i better go and check if she's all right. And when she went to check to see if she was all right, the little girl saying, Grandma, Grandma, hurry up, the Lord's coming back and you're going to be left behind. <laughs> and all of a sudden her attitude to the Lord and the meanings changed and she got involved. A little child, just having a, a little word to say, I oh, reckon the Lord put it in the right place at the right time, didn't he? But Grandma got the message, and she was faithful until the day she died. Praise the Lord. But where the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. And, of course, it's symbolic. The carcass is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to rise up and we're going to meet him because we're going to mount up with wings like eagles. And so we're going to meet him there in the book of corinthians it was quoted the other night pastor peter quoted at the meeting and he was talking about examining our walk in the lord together and he said examine yourself second corinthians 13 verse 5 i took note of the scripture and i thought well it's true you know what jesus just said are you in the faith shall i find faith when i come back or are you going to be looking elsewhere but in Second Corinthians, when Jesus, uh, when, sorry, Paul wrote to the church, he said, "Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, whether you are really walking with God. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves how the Jesus Christ is in you. Except if you don't realize that Christ is in you and your life is to reflect Christ, it goes on to say, except you be reprobates." And reprobates means of course that you you're a counterfeit. You're disapproved by God. You'll be rejected because God knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart, and He won't allow anything other than the truth to come forward. Let's have a look in Second Peter chapter three. Second Peter chapter three. some well-known scriptures well known scriptures we just uh, start in verse uh, 8 as Peter is writing here 2nd Peter chapter 3 verse 8 but you but beloved and he's talking about those loved by Christ those born again by Christ he says but beloved be not ignorant of this one thing that the day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day God's timetable is different to ours. We think in minutes and hours and years. Well, to God, a thousand years is just like one day, prophetically. And the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to us would, not willing that any should perish, but all should come unto eternal life, or to repentance. Salvation. That's what he wants people to come to. He doesn't want people to be in this world filled with his spirit and not walking in the spirit. But the day of the Lord will come, verse 10, as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conversation and godliness so what's your conduct what's your holiness what's your godliness as far as uh, he's concerned these things are the important things as it goes on to say looking for and hastening under the coming of the day of the Lord in which the are he- in the heavens uh, being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements will melt with fervent heat nevertheless we according to his promise the promises of God we look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. And wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent, that you may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation, in other words, keeping on, keeping on, in the ways of Christ. Even as our beloved brother Paul Also, according to the wisdom given to him, hath written unto you. In other words, he's written these things out for us, our brother in Christ, that we might hold to them. And so, again, this whole section, often quoted, is uh, speaking about the second coming. And Peter is warning us that in the last days there will be scoffers and mockers that are willfully ignorant of the scriptures, relating to the prominent event of him coming, and they say, where is the? Where is this promise of his coming? So men right back in history have talked about it and nothing's happened. But God gives us that believe a divine measurement of time. He foretells of the day of the Lord that we are looking for. And we're encouraged at all times, whether we've been the Lord for one week, one month, or some of the 60-odd years, that every time we think about it, we're doing it to be in readiness for the day that Jesus Christ returns. But in doing so, if we've got that attitude and approach, we're reflecting a true believer to the world. Because people are watching us even when they're mocking us, how we stand in our faith and how we believe our faith. Look, they pick up on it. doesn't matter what they say. They see your testimony when you display your testimony, when you hold to your testimony, when you're not looking to the right or the left, but you're just saying, my God is my saviour, and I'm going to be there on that day. And so we don't have to make the Bible relevant for today or tomorrow, it already is relevant at any time you read this book, and I read this 50 odd years ago and it's no different to what it was or is today, it's still relevant but what we do need to do is to show how the Bible applies it our lives personally that we can Share the gospel with others when we get an opportunity to speak for the Lord and show the the hope, the expectation of a future that actually is within us and we know whom we believe and we're fully persuaded, as the Bible talks about, to know and to show others that Jesus Christ is the answer for this world and the things he's done are set up, ready... For his return the best news for this world but they don't see it we talked about putin and influence he has well, i rather believe jesus has got the best news he's coming again that's the best news for this world and we want to show that we're in this world but we're not of this world that our attitude is that we want to walk in the lord 24-7, it's the saying. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. People in this world, when you stand for what you believe in, are, are quite confused. And, and they're really helpless when it comes to talking about spiritual things. They, they're like sheep, as the Bible says, having no shepherd. They've got no direction in life. But we have a very unique message, even by so-called Christian standards. And people have their arguments but they have nothing that they can give us we've got everything that we need every gift that God has to give came the day you were filled with the Holy Spirit you don't need anything else Holy Spirit is your gift complete gift from God and that's why we preach this truth with absolute clarity particularly about how to be born again and how that, that is so important. The problem in the world today is that people are accommodating. Accommodating it means making room for or leaving room for other opinions. We can't accommodate it because there are key issues in the Bible that are not negotiable. And just to mention the principles that we see in the Bible that are just not negotiable. The key issue is that, number one, you have to become a child of the living God, and that's for everybody. You need to be born again, as Jesus said, everybody in John chapter 3. And that requires repentance, turning away from your old life, turning to God. It requires baptism, and the only way is by full immersion to bury the old life to represent the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ and the third thing in that is you must receive the Holy Spirit even though that it's often disputed the evidence we have of speaking in other tongues which is praying in the Spirit and well defined through the Scriptures you must be filled with the Holy Spirit and the only evidence in the Bible and we challenge anyone to that is when you speak in another tongue as the Spirit of God gives utterance. So the first thing is to be a child of God and that's not negotiable with God. It's his direction. And the second thing, and we had a basics night here last Monday night and it was great. We One of the things we talked about was walking in the Spirit of God. Having begun in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. And that's what we need to do to stay in this position as a son or a daughter of God, ready to meet Jesus Christ, we need to walk in the Spirit, to be an overcomer until Jesus returns or he comes to take us home, to have a long sleep waiting for his return. Walking in the Spirit becomes virtually impossible if we ignore the Scriptures about separation in fellowship. It's vitally important to have a separation between the world, religion and God's instruction. Absolutely important because there's so many, many modern versions of fellowship and the Facebook and the, you know, YouTube and the likes are just full of modern versions of man's thoughts about what God is supposed to be saying. And the second thing is, it's a great mystery whether some people don't worry about being affected by listening to complaints and often from people that are just unhappy underneath. So again, it's important that we don't get affected by listening to things that are not scripturally correct and trying to put a cover over it but not a God spirit. It's got to be God's way. You see, in, in, Romans chap- in uh, John chapter 8, Jesus made this st- statement when he said that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You'll know the truth and you'll be set free. And often after we assume that believers are eager to hear the truth and that they should live in a world questions the truth of the Bible and that God will give you the answer and the ability to help you to do that they bring out their own ideas or this is what I think the Bible means or oh, I don't think that's right they've got all their various ideas the, the uh, whole idea it's interesting the surveys in Americans. In America, the majority of Americans reject the idea that there is an absolute truth. They totally reject it, the majority. They don't believe it. And so world standards have declined so much they don't value the truth. And that's where the truth is in the Word of God. And that's what sets you free. A man named Moody once wrote that the Word of God was given to increase our knowledge, or not to, inc- sorry, given to increase our knowledge, but to change our lives. Christianity is a way of life and not a religion. And I think that's where one of the big problems are, is that people do not understand that. Let's have a look back in the Old Testament, got a little bit of time, Hosea in chapter 6. Just after Daniel, Hosea chapter 6 just a couple of verses here in chapter 6 in verse 1 it says come let us return unto the Lord for he is torn and he will heal us. He has smitten and he will bind us up. And after two days will he revive us. And in the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Then we shall know that if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. And he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and the former rain upon the earth. And this is the prophecy. And this is a prophecy that's talking about the promise that God has made, the type of the promises that the Lord relates to His second coming. It says for for two days, as we read there. Firstly, it says for two days. He will revive us, bring life. And on the third day, He'll come and raise up, and we'll live with Him in His right. The two days of the 2,000 years from the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, the former reign of the Holy Spirit upon the earth, and then the latter reign is the time in which we're living immediately before the Lord Jesus Christ. 2,000 years, he will fill people with the Holy Ghost. He's telling us most of them over that period will die before he returns. And after the two days, he says, and he will revive us. He gives us life through the Holy Spirit. But then he's going to raise us up to meet him in the air, as we talked about from the book of Thessalonians. The dead in Christ are going to be first and they're alive, they're going to meet him in the air and on the third day he will raise us up after 2,000 years from Christ comes to the 1,000 years of the millennium he'll raise us up and he'll give us life in his sight, we're going to rule and reign with Christ for 1,000 years upon the earth in which Jesus will rule until after the millennium and judgment day so the former reign and the latter rain relate to the two outpourings of the Holy Spirit after Pentecost and immediately before the Lord Jesus Christ returns. In the book of Joel, it talks about the moderate reign of the Holy Spirit in the last days, and Peter recorded it in Acts chapter 2, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Let's have a look in First Corinthians, just a couple of things to finish. Chapter fifteen. First Corinthians, chapter fifteen. We might for time go to verse fifty one. It says Behold, I'll show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. This is talking about the start of the third day of Hosea. For this corruptible, talking about the flesh and the blood, must put on incorruption, we must have a victory over death and this mortal must put on immortality so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality then is the sport to pass the saying is written that death is vanished or death is swallowed up in victory O death where is thy sting, O grave where is thy victory the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law But thanks be to God who has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In the wonderful verse in verse 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, and this is what he's saying to us today, be be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. So he's telling us about steadfastness, to remain enjoined unto Christ, to serve God to continue to walk in the ways of the Lord because there's a sure reward and a promise to everyone that follows in his ways and all the people said, we'll leave it there